Act 1. Reality Show Russia Flying in at night over Moscow, you can see how the shape of the city is a series of concentric ring roads with the small ring of the Kremlin at the center. At the end of the twentieth century, the light from the rings glowed a dim, dirty yellow. Moscow was a sad satellite at the edge of Europe, emitting the dying embers of the Soviet Empire. Then, in the twenty-first century, something happened. Money. Never had so much money flowed into so small a place in so short a time. The orbital system shifted. Up above the city, the concentric rings began to shine with the lights of new skyscrapers, neon and speeding maybachs on the roads, swirling faster and faster in high-pitched, hypnotic fairground brilliance. The Russians were the new jet set. The richest, the most energetic, the most dangerous— They had the most oil, the most beautiful women, the best parties. From being ready to sell anything, they became ready to buy anything. Football clubs in London, basketball clubs in New York, art collections, English newspapers, and European energy companies. No one could understand them. They were both lewd and refined, cunning and naive. Only in Moscow did they make sense, a city living in fast-forward changing so fast it breaks all sense of reality, where boys become billionaires in the blink of an eye. Performance was the city's buzzword. A world where gangsters become artists. Gold diggers quote Pushkin. Hell's angels hallucinate themselves as saints. Russia had seen so many worlds flick through in such blistering progression. From communism to perestroika, to shock therapy, to penury, to oligarchy, to mafia state, to mega-rich, that its new heroes were left with the sense that life is just one glittering masquerade, where every role and any position or belief is mutable. I want to try on every persona the world has ever known, Vladik Mamishev Monroe would tell me. He was a performance artist and the city's mascot the inevitable guest at parties attended by the inevitable tycoons and supermodels, arriving dressed as Gorbachev, a fakir, Tutankhamun, the Russian president. When I first landed in Moscow I thought these infinite transformations the expression of a country liberated, pulling on different costumes in a frenzy of freedom, pushing the limits of personality as far as it could possibly go to what the president's vizier would call the heights of creation. It was only years later that I came to see these endless mutations not as freedom, but as forms of delirium, in which scare puppets and nightmare mystics become convinced they're almost real and march toward what the President's vizier would go on to call the Fifth World War, the first non-linear war of all against all. But I am getting ahead of myself. I work in television, factual television, factual entertainment to be exact. I was flying to Moscow in 2006 because the television industry, like everything else, was booming. I knew the country already. Since 2001, the year after I graduated from university, I had been living there most of my time, jumping jobs between think tanks and as a very minor consultant on European Union projects meant to be aiding Russian development, then at film school and lately as an assistant on documentaries for Western networks. My parents had emigrated from the Soviet Union to England in the 1970s as political exiles, and I grew up speaking some sort of demotic émigré Russian. But I had always been an observer looking in at Russia. 
I wanted to get closer. London seemed so measured, so predictable. The America the rest of my emigre family lived in seemed so content, while the real Russians seemed truly alive, had the sense that anything was possible. What I really wanted to do was film, to press, record, and just point and shoot. I took my camera, the battered metal Sony Z1, small enough to always drop in my bag everywhere. A lot of the time I just filmed so as not to let this world escape. I shot blindly, knowing I would never have a cast like this again, and I was in demand in the new Moscow for the simple reason that I could say the magic words, I am from London. They worked like open sesame.